Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hi, and welcome back to the show. Once again, Andrew LaFleur, and thanks for listening to this podcast. We're going to be doing something a little bit different here today on the podcast. For the first time ever, I am going to do a movie review. Yeah, that's right. We are now reviewing movies here at the True Condos Podcast. Well, you might ask, why are we reviewing a movie? Has it, what does that have to do with real estate investing? Well, yeah, there's not too many movies that are out there that are about real estate or real estate investing, so we've never done this before for that simple reason. But there's a great movie that's just come out recently. I had a chance to watch it. I definitely recommend um, anybody who's a real estate investor to check this movie out. It is called The Big Short. You might have heard of it. It's uh, getting a lot of um, Oscar buzz this time of year uh, as, as, as the award season's coming up for Hollywood. And it has a rock star cast, Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, Brad Pitt, Christian Bale. Just, a, just an unbelievable cast. Very well acted. Um, great storytelling. Well directed. Great script. Uh, people are saying Steve Carell, uh, especially in Christian Bale, possibly up for um, some big awards this year for their uh, their acting jobs there. But a great, great movie. Definitely want to check it out. It's, a, it's called The Big Short. For the trailer, to watch the trailer for this movie, just head on over to truecondos.com slash the big short. And you can uh, watch the trailer and get the show notes for this episode there. It's in theaters now. should be on DVD probably in a, in a few months from now. But basically, uh, if you don't know about the movie, if you're not familiar yet, it is about the housing crash in the United States. It's about uh, the, the events that's happened sort of between 2004, 2005-ish, and when everything just came crumbling down in 2008. And it, uh, it sort of follows a few... Um, outsiders, a few, it's sort of an outsider story, these guys who are, are, you know, fighting the man, fighting the system, so to speak, and they, they, you know, while the rest of the world was sort of falling apart, especially America, they were the ones who sort of saw this happening, saw it coming before it did, and they were able to bet against it and profit tremendously from it. But really the story is about... Um, you know, it's about a lot of things. It's a very, you know, layered uh, uh, movie, but it's really about the housing crash and why the housing crash happened and sort of, uh, it's obviously a, a scathing critique of, of a lot of things and, and uh, people are still suffering 10 years later, especially in America, uh, because of uh, because of this uh, big event that happened. But it's really about why did this happen? How did it happen? Um, and you know, I guess the underlying message sort of through the movie is, you know, let's, let's not, let's not have this happen again. And what, you know, we need to make sure as a, as a society that we don't let it happen again. Um, so I wanted to dive into this movie a little bit and dive into the, um, the crash a little bit. Again, we've, it's something that's been talked about a lot over the last five, seven years in, every form of media and, and people are constantly talking about the housing crash. But I don't think a lot of people, even most real estate investors don't have a good grasp of, of exactly what happened and why it happened. So by all means, I'm not going to get in depth here in this podcast, but do want to touch on it a little bit and talk about that a little bit here today and talk about the movie and what I thought of it. 
um, and talk about could this could this happen here? Obviously, is a bigger question for us Canadians uh, here in Toronto investing. Could this happen here? Is is an interesting question to look at. Well, let's start with why did this housing crash happen? Well, I think the movie's pretty clear that, um, and it's pretty clear from this story that underlying this whole thing was greed, and that's a common theme in the movie. Um, the movie's apparently based off of a book, The Big Short. I haven't read it, but apparently the book is even better. Um, need to check that out. So underlying it all was greed, and greed was really the driving factor of what um, of this whole catastrophe and this whole collapse, and was really the um, the driving force that caused this thing to get built up so much before it finally collapsed. Um, it was, Banks created this mess, really, is, is what the movie is saying. The banks, the big banks are to blame. Um, ultimately, the big banks are to blame, but we all had a role in it. The public had a role in it. The governments had a role in it. Um, investors, investment banks had a major role in it. Um, everyone worked together, um, sort of spearheaded by the banks um, and, and driven by greed. Everyone created together to create a systematic um, monster, like a, a basically a form of a very complicated and, and maybe you could say it's the largest pyramid scheme of all time in a sense that was created. Um, and the pyramid was inevitable that that, that was going to collapse. And ultimately, that's exactly what happened. The whole thing collapsed, of course, in 2008. Um, the banks started uh, failing, companies, uh, major companies all started failing, and, and, and the whole global economy went into uh, a free fall. So that was sort of why it happened, but how did this actually happen? Again, to, uh, to recap that from the movie and just from our experience and, and looking back now uh, with a few years behind us, um, how did this happen? Well, the banks basically... The way they explain and they explain it very well in the movie, if, even if you're not a financial, analytical, um, technical sort of a person, uh, it's definitely still a good, entertaining movie to watch. And to, they've done a great job in sort of um, through humor and, and through other creative means to uh, basically explain explain the um, explain the crisis and explain how how it all happened. Um, so basically, how did it happen? Well, the banks created essentially this profit-making machine um, by bundling mortgages together. So they took mortgages, thousands and thousands of them, they bundled them off, and, and they sold them as bonds. And they figured out a way by doing that, putting these mortgages all together, of creating a pro, you know, creating a profit. And so they had this little machine running for a while, and things were going great. Um, but then... You know, like anything in human nature, sort of greed started to take over slowly and slowly. It, it sort of crept in and took over. They needed that machine essentially to keep going. Um, but when when things started to slow down, and the more when the when the real estate market uh, started to slow down at all, that machine started to slow down. So the profits started to slow down. And so the, the banks started to get more and more creative, you could say, and they started to bend the rules and they started to think of ways to um, keep that profit machine going and keep that profit machine churning to uh, continue to, uh, to, um, to spit out money. 
And so as they started bending rules, they, they started, um, you know, they needed more mortgages in this, uh, in the back end of this machine to keep feeding this machine. They needed more and more and more mortgages all the time to, to grow this thing and to be able to sell them off. And so they started taking lower quality mortgages and mixing them in. And then they just started saying, well, we need more people to get mortgages. So they started lowering um, the thresholds and the rules and bending the rules to allow more people to get mortgages. Um, eventually, it just it, it ended up, uh, you know, it, with people, you know, these so-called ninja ninja loans. They talk about that in the movie. Um, there's some great scenes where they fly down to Miami at the height of the ha- housing market in, you know, like 2005. And there's just a great telling scene where they, um, you know, they're basically meeting with like strippers and, and, uh, you know, somebody like a stripper who's just earning all cash and, and this very telling scene where the stripper is basically saying that she owns, uh, five houses in a condo. And, uh, it's just like that sort of light bulb moment for them where they said, wow, this whole thing is, is just going to collapse. Like this makes no sense. People are getting mortgages that have no business getting mortgages, let alone they're getting multiple mortgages. Um, they're refinancing these properties to sort of stay on top of them. Uh, and the other big thing was teaser mortgages. So they had uh, these mortgages, it was a very widespread where you'd start off with a very low rate, and then after one or two years, that rate would jump up dramatically. Um, and uh, these people who really shouldn't have gotten the mortgage in the first place, suddenly their payments are going up you know, 50% or, or more. Uh, that's a, just a recipe for disaster. So people started defaulting on those, um, mortgages. Uh, they started not, not to pay them and, you know, things started to crumble apart. It worked for a long time. Uh, the machine kept working for a long time because prices kept increasing. And, um, once that started to slow, they got more and more desperate and greed just was more and more toxic in terms of how they responded. And they just made it worse and worse for themselves. Um, rather than sort of stopping it, it just became worse and worse. The public really turned a blind eye um, to this because the, you know, from the public's perspective, um, they're getting rich, you know, uh, I own five houses, you know, um, you know, uh, property values are going up. So I'm just going to keep this thing going. I'm not going to ask any questions from the government perspective. They really turned a blind eye uh, because they were saying, well, the economy's doing great. Um, look at GDP. GDP's growing. People are spending. Things are looking great. Uh, people have jobs. Uh, every, everything's rocking and rolling. So yeah, the housing market's rock solid. Uh, we're not going to investigate any uh, anything further into it because things are looking great. As as uh, as pathetic as that now sounds, looking back, that that that's the story that they paint in this movie. Um, and so the whole thing just just uh, just collapsed of course it was inevitable that the whole thing would collapse once um, once all these factors kind of came to a head and all these people just who were getting mortgages just couldn't pay those uh, couldn't pay their bills they, they just couldn't pay their bills and default rates went way up um, and these mortgages were were more and more of them were turning to junk and the whole thing just collapsed all these bonds and, and, you know, CDOs as they're called, these mortgages that bundled together and they sell to investors and they had all various complicated uh, um, layered schemes to, you know, sell insurance on them. And, and it was, you know, it, just, it started to get very complicated and very strange towards the end. 
um, the whole thing just utterly collapsed and it was uh, just an exponential um, uh, uh, decoupling, an exponential, uh, you know, it wasn't just a, a surface level thing. It was, it just affected every area of the economy and ultimately um, it spread into Europe because all these banks in Europe were also exposed to these, um, these bad loans as well. And, uh, of course, the rest is history. As they say, the whole thing fell apart. So that's sort of a summary of, of why it happened and how it happened. Uh, again, definitely watch the movie and check it out. But what was the purpose of this movie? I think the purpose really is to, is to show Americans and, and the world what really happened, is to understand why 10 years later after these events, many people, especially in, in the U.S., are still suffering um, in some ways, we are as well. In, in Canada, our economy is still, um, you know, it's growing, but it's growing at a very slow pace. Uh, and uh, so what was the purpose? So what what difference do I think this movie is going um, to make to the real estate investor as you're watching this? Um, well, I think you have two potential reactions. One, as you're watching this movie, you can have more confidence in the Canadian real estate market and feel better about yourself as an investor. Uh, and number two reaction is you can run in fear. Essentially, you can say, "Wow, this this is scary. This is uh, this is something that I don't want to be a part of. I don't want to invest in real estate because look at this horrible thing that happened." So those are kind of two reactions that you can take to it. Obviously, my reaction watching this movie is is a tremendous amount of confidence. Um, in the Canadian real estate market and, and understanding that this is such a different situation here, completely night and day in comparison to what was going on in the United States uh, 10 years ago. But I, I think at the same time, to be fair, it is, it is important to note that this could happen here. This could happen anywhere. Um, and so it is important to, as Canadians and, you know, as anybody, uh, governments, and it affects all of us to understand the causes of, of this crisis and the reasons why it happened and how it happened and how it developed into something that was such a horrible monster that just uh, tore everything apart. And so, again, it's important to understand this could happen here. It could happen anywhere. But I think you have to ask yourself, well, what is the likelihood of it happening in Canada? Do we have the criteria that um, were in place in the United States that caused these things to happen? Do we have subprime loans? Well, yes, we do. We have forms of uh, lower quality mortgages, yes. Are they widespread as much as they were in the United States? No. Do we have um, ninja loans and, and high fraud levels and high default levels and adjuster adjustable uh, sort of rate mortgages or, or teaser rate mortgages that jump up after the first year or two? No, we don't have any of those things. Do we have a massively corrupt banking industry that is profiting from bundling mortgages together and selling them as, as CDOs and claiming that they are very low risk when in fact they are very high risk? Well, honestly, I don't know. I'm not a banker. I'm not a financial regulator. I don't know if there's massive corruption of this scale in the banking industry in Canada. However, as a logical person, I, I look to the evidence, and the evidence seems to suggest that, no, this is uh, this is not the case at all in Canada, and we don't have anything like this here 
Um, we don't have any reason to believe that there's this kind of corruption and greed uh, driving our, our system. And certainly we don't have any evidence to, to suggest that this, um, these bundling of mortgages uh, that are really low, low quality mortgages that are being sold as high quality mortgages is happening here in Canada. So if, you know, if anything, I think we're, we're really going in the opposite direction. We are, we're seeing increasing government regulation, increasing government oversight, increasing government intervention into our housing markets. You just look at the last five years or so and the number of times that the government has intervened one way or the other into the housing market. Even banks themselves, uh, we're seeing it as well. Um, whether it's driven by profit or whether the government is sort of uh, behind closed doors, you know, talking to banks and saying, you know, do this or do that, I'm not sure. But, um, you know, one simple example is uh, in the past year or so, as we've seen the uh, Bank of Canada lower the prime rate the for the first time really ever uh, in history. The, the banks have not followed suit and, and lowered the rates uh, of their prime in lockstep with the Bank of Canada. And so essentially the consumer now is, is not getting a mortgage rate as low as they have at a, every other point in time in history when the, when the Bank of Canada makes a move on interest rates. So to me, that is, uh, that's an example of uh, banks, the private sector sort of, um, you know, uh, whether it's good or not, I don't know, but they are in a sense intervening and uh, artificially restricting the demand for real estate um, in Canada by doing that. And I'm sure the government uh, is, is more than happy to see them uh, do that, even though it's, uh, you know, you could argue as a consumer, it's not fair. Um, it's not something that's ever been done before. It's unprecedented. But uh, that, is, that is sort of the tone and the direction of the markets here in Canada. So, yeah, in conclusion, I think that this, again, nothing has changed my opinion by watching this movie uh, about the Canadian real estate market, I think we are on rock solid um, ground. That uh, I think we we are um, in a great period now of long term, steady, slow growth, um, especially in the Toronto area, as we always talk about. Especially downtown, as the population continues to grow, um, as our city continues to be highly desirable on, on the international stage, and quite frankly, as as our affordability is still very um, reasonable, very low. Um, both uh, from an internal perspective, but also comparing ourselves to other cities worldwide. We're still very um, affordable and a uh, and, uh, great place to live and a great place to invest. So that was kind of uh, maybe the strangest movie review of all time, <laughs> but uh, hopefully you enjoyed listening to that and hopefully you get a chance to um, see the big short and check it out. Uh, and in my conclusion, I give this movie true thumbs up. Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> uh, true thumbs up. You'll you'll hopefully understand what I'm saying. So go ahead and watch the movie trailer over at truecondos.com slash the big short. And uh, check out the movie in theaters or on DVD in a few months when it comes out. Thank you again very much for listening to this week's episode. Until next time. Hope you have a great week and happy investing. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.